Hi, I'm Terry Zabolski, pastor of Grace Community Church in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. I'd like to thank you for listening to this week's message. I hope and trust that God's Word is a blessing to you as you live for Him each and every day. Well, Jonathan read our text, and it's, a, it's an amazing text in Matthew 22. I'll open your Bible there if you have closed that. I, I call the message, uh, Two Loves for a New Year. Two Loves for a New Year. If you're like me, maybe you're not, I kind of have this little adage, uh, first things first. I try to practice it in my own life, first things first. Try and do the priorities every single day in my life. I may fail occasionally, but most days I'm pretty constant on, on these things. First things first. That's why I set my alarm quite a bit early to get up early, meet with the Lord. Why? That's first things first. I begin that way. I used to for years thought, well, I can read the scriptures and pray maybe before I go to sleep, and that's all right. It's not a command of scripture, and that's better than not reading the word. But in the long and the short of it, I sometimes fell asleep reading the word, or I fell asleep in, in Father in Heaven, and there I go sawing logs. And it just wasn't, uh, it wasn't the laboring and the working in prayer that I saw in the life of the Apostle Paul. I want to give myself to that. First things first, you know. And then in my own life with my family, my dear wife is in my heart and life. She's number one for me. And then my family, and it kind of work out like that. And in my church, the love of you, that's first. I pray for many of you most, uh, most every day, particularly if I know you have needs. I, I pray for you by name. Many of you I prayed for already this morning, way early. And uh, things that I know in your hearts and lives, it's my privilege, it's my responsibility to pray for the church, pray for the new year, pray that God would bless and favor and, and, and use us in a powerful way. First things first, it's important. Well, I say all that because uh, it's rather interesting at this point in the gospel because uh, the Lord Jesus is uh, quizzed by the Pharisees and then the Sadducees and then by the Pharisees they're trying to buttonhole him and nail him, but you can't. You can't buttonhole God. Who are we? We're minions at best, right? Dunces even at best. Put the dunce cap on. They don't do that anymore in class, do they? That sounds rather cruel today in modern-day pedagogy, right? <laughs> Put the dunce cap on, sit in the corner. You didn't know two and two, you know, like, whoa. That'll hurt your self-esteem. But it may cause you to motivate to learn your math facts, you know. <laughs> God is great. You cannot trick him. And they're trying to trick him. And that's what uh, Matthew is presenting here after the Lord had told the story, beginning in chapter 22, verse 1 and following, that uh, they were going to be bypassed and others were going to be invited to the gospel, the Gentiles. And, uh, boy, they didn't like hearing that. They thought they were the elite. And so in verse 15 and following, we see the Pharisees' first trick. They're trying to trick him. Do we pay taxes to, to Caesar? It's the old tax business thing again, right? Taxes and death, the two things you can't escape, right? 
Let, the, let Jesus say, pay t- uh, taxes to Caesar. They hated Caesar. They hated that. And the Lord answered in a way they never imagined. You cannot trick God. You cannot. And then the, the Sadducees said, round two in verse 23, we'll get them now. The Sadducees, you know, never believed in the res- resurrection. That's why someone said they were sad, you see. And they're trying to trick him with this nonsense thing about a man's wife dies and, and then he marries, uh, or she marries his brother, and the man dies, the wife. And then there's seven of these so-called. And then here's the zinger in the resurrection. Who, uh, who are they married to? You know, and the Lord absolutely rebukes them. You don't know the power of God. You don't even know the scriptures. And so he knocks them out. And then finally, as Jonathan read today, is the last question the Pharisees approach him on. And they're going to, to trick him. And verse 34, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees and earlier the Pharisees, the Pharisees now got together. I'm adding some things. Got together one last time. One of them, an expert in law, tested him saying, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment of all? And this is such a wonderful passage, and especially at the beginning of a new year, because it really teaches us first things first. I mean, the Lord is going to boil it all down. Did you ever read Reader's Digest? I love the Reader's Digest, all the condensed view. Man, you can really buzz through all kinds of articles. The Lord's going to boil it all down. For those of you that don't like to read, he's going to give you the Reader's Digest of what God is up to and expects in our heart and life. So it's real real condensed, and uh, you can read it quite quick. You can never get over all that it means. But he's going to tell us what first things first are. And that's why I say two loves uh, for a new year. And look what he says. What's the great commandment? Jesus says, verse 37, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This, Jesus said, is the first and the greatest commandment. First things first. Love the Lord your God. Well, what a, what, a wonderful, what a wonderful thing it is. Let's ask ourselves, what, what's that mean, the love of the Lord? Notice the great commandment isn't uh, the, the golden uh, commandment, right? Uh, do unto others as they would have you do unto them, right? <laughs> get them before they get you, you know, some sort of things like that. None of that stuff. None of that. None of that. It's not keep the law. It's not any of that. It's a relationship of love. First things first, in the new love for a new year, the first love is we're to love the Lord. That's what we're to do. It's a love relationship. It's amazing when you think about it. You think of all the world religions, and some of them are so rigorous and flesh-denying and all, the, all these, these laws made up so how to earn good merit before a certain God, which is all false. Ours is a relationship of love. Our God is a God of love. John said God is love. It's an adjective. We love the Lord. How are we to do that? He tells us. With all your heart. With all your heart. Well, it's important to say that because, you know, sometimes we're half-hearted, aren't we, in our love for the Lord? We're half-hearted. We, uh, we gather in here. We hear the message. We're all fired up. And we leave here. The bills lose again about 4 o'clock, and we forget 
we forget. And then we go into Monday, and Monday's Monday, and we all hate Monday. And then Tuesday, and we go like, and we go like, or in, and we go like, and I can hardly even think about what we heard on Sunday and uh, the love of the Lord. And it's a half-hearted love. It ought never be. Love the Lord with all your heart. It's cardia. It's when we say love. It means from the depth of your being. That's the way I love faith. She, you know what? She doesn't, she doesn't want half-hearted love. And men, you've realized that our wives can tell. Have you noticed that? I don't know. if they got like antenna out there. They can sort of tell if we're going through the motions. I love you. It sounds like a robot. No, they see right through it. And we're to love the Lord with all our heart, the totality of our being. It's not legalism. It's not any of these things. Love the Lord with all your heart, the totality of all that you are. Hang it out there. David was like that. I saw it in recent days with Mandy, just hanging right out there. It's hard, just hanging out there. And it's just kind of, that's the way we should be with the Lord, just like kids. We just, the Lord blesses the simple hearted. I read that over and over, like kids. If we're the end of eternal life, God said it, that's it, you know? We're to trust him. Jonathan talked about we're not flying the airplane. You're not flying the airplane of your life if you know Christ. He is. And we just look out the window at any moment. Oh, that's where we are, sort of. You know, like, whoa, bouncing up and down. Love him with all our heart. And then the second way in which we're to love him is that we're to love him with our soul. Suke, psychology, comes from that word. Probably, it's used different ways in the New Testament. Probably means with our emotions. Okay? With our, with our, with not only the depth of who we are, but with our emotions. It's all right to get emotion. It's all right when we sing, rejoice in the Lord and the joy of the Lord. And it's all right to do that. There's so little joy in the world we live in. They have joy and worship. We're to love the Lord that way. We're to love each other that way, but we're to love the Lord with the center of our heart totally, with all our emotions, and finally, he said, with our mind. It's not mindless. Some, some think Christianity is mindless. It's not. Faith is reasonable. Saving faith is reasonable. We're to love the Lord with our, with our mind. We're to have a renewed mind. We're to think of all the glory and the greatness of God in the world and in his word and and so on. With our, with, and so what is he saying? With the totality of your being. That's first things for Love the Lord in, in 2009. And grow and grow and grow in your love for the Lord Jesus, our wonderful Savior. What's the great commandment? That's it. And if you do that, you'll keep the, the first four of the Big Ten. You will. You will. You won't have any other gods before him. You'll worship him. You'll love him. You'll honor him. You'll enjoy his Sabbath. You'll never use his name in vain. It's, it's glorious and great, his name. You'll love the Lord. Love the Lord. Well, what are some ways? You've got to help me here. What are some ways that we as a church can practice this, this first commandment? What are some ways that that we can love the Lord with all our heart. Can you think about that? Creatively, help me out here. Now, don't leave me hanging here. What are some ways? 
Maybe a dumb way, but so what? Half the stuff we say that way, don't worry about that, but it, it may not be, and no idea is dumb. You ever heard that? There are some dumb ideas, there are, but none of you have them today, I'm sure. What are some ways? Yeah, Hans. So we can love the Lord with all our heart, being faithful together with God's people. I believe that. What are some other ways? As a church, we'll do church now, then we're going to do individual. Go on. Okay. That's right, serving one another by the washing of feet, caring, kind of looking after each other as the body itself. How else can we love the Lord with all our heart, Barbara? We can bring unsaved people and let them come and say, listen, uh, we, we love to have you. And if it's really true, people don't feel, I don't feel good enough to go to church. Say, none of us are good enough. Come and join. We're sinners that are wonderfully forgiven. Invite them to come. Yes, Aaron. Sharing your testimony. Sharing it, it's encouraging. Like iron sharpening iron. Sometimes our church services are, are more of the Roman-style oratory. Here's the message. But I don't see that in the New Testament. They were more of an informal gathering, give and take, prayer, sharing, and the teaching of the Word. Now, sometimes Paul went on teaching for hours. Amen? Three of them. Thank you. Stay after we'll talk. <laughs> and Jerry told me last week, he said, uh, with preaching, I was so grateful that Jerry introduced Jonah. We're going to do a study in Jonah in the coming year. Uh, this coming year, and I appreciate that introduction, Jerry. That he says, I'm going to be shorter than you. And I said, people love you even more. <laughs> I asked him today, and he said he was. He was shorter. <laughs> All right. What are some other ways we can do it? Philip? Yes, that's a very big thing. We worship God. We love him by sharing one another's burden. You know, it's lighter then. You ever carry a burden by yourself? Can, can be crushing, but you get, you get 10 people to help you carry that. Oh, it's so much lighter. And don't we all have burdens? We do. Life is very disappointing. It is. It's, it's, I understand why people can take their life. They can get so low in, in a fallen world with disappointment and heartache and what's going to happen next, and it all seems lost. I can understand that. Breaks my heart they didn't have a friend or some folks to help carry a burden. And who knows what's coming in, in 2000. You don't know. I don't know. But to have a loving family, I know that you're there for me and I'm there for you. I've helped so many of you at times and said, you would have do it for me. You go, oh, yes, I would. Well, that, we do it for you. I do it for you. That's a body. I need you. You need us. We need each other. And as God allows us to expand and grow that close intimacy, we need each other and to use the gifts that God has given. What are some other things we can do to love the Lord? Paul? Singing to the Lord corporately. Yes, sounds far better than when I sing in my car to the Lord. We join our voices together, and God notes that. Singing, Faithy? Faith is saying, sharing words of encouragement. We tend not to be wordy in our area. Maybe it's a, a subcultural thing in the Harrisburg area. 
Yeah, maybe it's kind of a German thing, you know, like if there's a problem, I'll tell you, you know. <laughs> but to be a lifter-upper, encourage people with our words and our, our, our presence. And, and, and that's a very important thing. We are to encourage. Hebrews tells us that's the reason we're not to forsake ourselves, because we're to encourage one another. That's a big part of that. So, other, Raj? Doing all our daily responsibilities, whether at work or at home or whatever, with the motive of wanting to please God. All right, let's, let's jump over, Raj. With that, let's jump over. That's the church. How do we love the Lord with the totality of our being as a church? Now let's go over into the individual now. How do I do that individually? Not in the collective sense, but in my day-to-day walk. And Roger, go ahead, say it again. That fits. There, there you go. Look at that. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. What I am doing, what's my motive? Is it to please the Lord? It ought to be, because I love him. We're to love him with the totality of our being. Whether you're standing at the mirror shaving, driving the car, same to you fella, none of that, you know. Being gracious and kind, being a blessing, and allowing the love of Christ to flow through us. What are some other things we can do? Yeah, Jim? Did you catch that? We say that over and over. Love is, is an action. It's not a feeling. I have to say that a thousand times because the world just pounds it at us, especially with this sort of romance love. I got this feeling. Now it's gone. Love you, love you, don't. And this kind of nonsense. We understand the word love that way in our culture. But biblically, love is an action. God so loved, he gave it, it's action-oriented. It, it reaches out. It does something for the benefit of another. God is the picture of that. And in our life, if we're going to love the Lord with all our hearts, then it means we're going to do something. It means what? Let me submit. We're going to obey the Scriptures. It's going to be a joy, not a burden. Oh, no, don't make me do this. Oh, I don't want to read more. God's the great kill joy in the sky. Listen, he made you and me. He knows how to give joy in your life and mine. And it's by, Lord, I love you, and I want to please you. I love my mom and dad. Didn't always please them. Caught the uh, short end of a stick and spanking belt and all that at times. I thought about it. I probably got about half what I deserved. I was thinking about that later. You know. Don't tell my father, but... Uh, <laughs> it's probably true. But you know, at the end of the day, I love them, and I, I did. I did have a heart. I wanted to please them. True. David, how, how do we do that individually? Prayer. Prayer. Yes. God looks for, your, for you to pray. Now, it's not an overwhelming thought. If we love the Lord with all our heart, he wants us to talk to him. And we ought to desire to do that. It's amazing when you think of it. Jonathan? Closest to you, 
they're going to feel like disconnect and feel burdened for them to do something about it. And if you don't have that feeling, then there's a problem. Amen. John's saying that uh, if you're going to love the Lord with all your heart, God's heart's going to be in your heart, and you're going to see other people as lost, hopeless, without Christ, facing eternity, not in heaven. And it's going to change the way you live and the way you think and the what you do, what you do with your time, your money, your words, how you treat people. It's going to change that. It ought to change that. Dave? Yeah, it, uh, because we, it demands that we give of our time. It means that our time is really not our own. It's the Lord's. And, uh, and so that, uh, the reality is, is that we recognize that time is his great gift. We want to use it for him. Can I see another hand? Susan? Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Being living a grateful life. Don't you love being around people that are gracious and grateful and thankful? You ever been around one who isn't an ingrate? You know, I mean, it really it takes a lot. Like on a day off or an afternoon, you go like, "Am I going to hang out with that person?" I don't think so. <laughs> But someone who has the joy of the Lord and they're gracious and thankful for what God has given and not griping because of what we don't have, right? I saw some other hands. Hans? Uh, living with expectancy that Christ is going to come again to live with expectant hearts. Yeah, that, that's beautiful. We talk about living with the expectation of the coming of Christ. He's going to come. Could be 09. And living with that, if we love the Lord individually, we look at the Lord, is today the day? It's a beautiful day. Wouldn't it be today? Wouldn't that be great? So another hand, Paul? Yeah, and to be aware that at times you may be called to lay down your life. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I thought about that. We may be called to lay down our life. You say, oh, we're in America. That'll never happen. It may happen. It may happen. Jonathan? Amen. Thank you, Jonathan. Robbie? Kind of along that line, you're going to defend your faith, your church, your Savior. You're going to know how to defend it based on your love for Christ or your love for the Bible. You're going to have that foundation you're going to stand up for it, just like you would for your family. You'll defend that which is precious and sacred, and you'll stand and be counted with Christ and not be a chameleon and blend in. I did that years back. You just kind of blend into the crowd. There's a time to speak. Speak. Yes, Philip? Read his word individually. If I'm going to love the Lord, I'm going to listen to his word. Ramona? <laughs> Jamie, welcome being home. Good to see you, Jamie. We, we missed you. Ramona? Be prepared to take 
what you give us so that we can give it back. We can't defend what we don't know. Don't know. Yeah. And so we're being fed here in this church, mm-hmm. just like Beth said. And so we need to be able to take what you give us and be able to give it back, study it over mm-hmm. and over and, and be able to give it back mm-hmm. as our witness. How, how do you do? Can I ask how you do that, Ramona? What? Bring a book. Bring a pen. And I know Ramona takes the outline and then she retypes it, even types the illustrations, the application, all that. And she studies it and studies it through the following week and makes it her own. That is God's word. And, uh, and then that way she can be a blessing as to what God has served up here, whether it's me or who's ever speaking. And, uh, and to be a blessing. And what a great pattern for us individually, if we're going to love the Lord with all our heart, the totality of our being, in a new year, to do that. I would encourage you to do that. Do that. Be challenged. Ask her how she does it, if you have any questions. Vicki. And to see it as coming from the hand of God. Whatever comes our way, it passes through his hands of our Heavenly Father first. And for his purpose, and it has a purpose, to make us like Christ. Jerry. Amen. You have to stop. You have to consciously stop. Life comes fast. It's a treadmill. You gotta purposely stop. One way you can do that, let me give you an idea, is is that, that you know there is a place for fasting today. You know, if you're like like me, I'm sort of a several meals ahead of where I should be, you know. So if I miss lunch, it's not the end of the world. Now, if you're a medical issues, you know, please. Forget what I'm going to say here. But skip lunch and, and go find a place. Read the Word and, and think and meditate. Memorize the verse of the week, this kind of thing. And fast. It's okay to do that. Give that to, Don't tell everyone. Don't tell anyone you're doing that. But actually, look better than that if you hear the words of the Lord in the Sermon on the Mount. And, and do that. And you'll grow in greater love with the Lord individually. And God will use you more. All right, that's the first love. First of all, love the Lord, your heart, with the totality of your being. And you have helped me. As a church, we want to do that. We want to foster that. And then individually, as we scatter. With the second love for a new year, Jesus said in in our text, uh, and he just offered this. They didn't ask. They were just saying, what's the great commandment? He told them. And then he goes on to say, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. The second love for a new year is that you and I are uh, commanded to love uh, those that are near. We're to love other people. Others. Others. We're to be those 
that love others. It means that we're not using people. People do not exist for my benefit, whether I own a business, whether it's in my family, whether I plan a sports team, whether it doesn't matter. People do not exist for my benefit. I exist to be the servant of the Lord where he has placed me and to be a blessing and to love others. Now, what's that mean? Well, if I'm going to love others, it means I'm going to do what is the very best for them. Okay, whether they receive it or not, whether they understand it or not, that's what I'm going to do and that's what I'm going to be. Well, what are some ways that we can do that as a church? How can we be a part collectively as a church in loving other people? Jonathan? Well, I think just to say for that, I, I think that I heard a line a couple weeks ago that I talked to you about that in every way you always, when you deal with people, you always use them in some way, in most ways. And that even helping out the soup kitchen, you think that you're giving up, but really it's feeding a desire that you're using them to make you feel better about yourself. And so even like, you know, helping an old lady across the street, pushing a tire, or like putting a tire on someone who's there's a flat tire on the side of the road, that those can appear to be selfless things and loving people, but they're also feeding your desire to make you feel needed, to make you feel these things, and you're, you're using them. And I thought it was a really good line, was that to really show that you love someone is that your happiness comes from their happiness. Yeah, that's a great way. When, when you're happy, when they're truly happy, and that's what makes you happy, because that's what God did, then that's, that's how you know you love someone. And it's not feeding a desire that they're doing whatever, and then you're just feeling happy about that to derive from them. But I think uh, in loving other people, sacrifice with that. All right. So as a church, a lot there. Uh, we're, we're happy when when the others are, are are happy in what we do in reaching out and as a church and meeting their needs. We do that. How do we do that as a church then? We do that by uh, by caring. We've mentioned a number of things. By caring for the needs of the body. Right, looking at uh, others need words of encouragement, need financial help, need perhaps uh, a contact with a work or business to help w- with a job. Might need some help with with raising children and some of the older women being a blessing to the younger. You can get through this, and this is how you do this. And and and, and the Titus two thing, you, you know, caring, sharing, all that as a church, and then as uh, we as a church. Uh, caring for the saints in, in that way, here and far, when we hear of needs. But then even as a church, uh, I think it's important for us to, I've been thinking about targeting as a church in our area. This is our mission field, right here in Harrisburg area, McCann, West Shore, East Shore. This is it. God is it's not an accident. Say, well, I didn't know those folks were there. You know, he, He's placed us here strategically. And uh, we've not done real well at that in, in, in targeting and in zeroing in, praying that God would help us to, to, to be a blessing, uh, not only to saints, but thinking more particularly to unsaved people that need the gospel. They need you to love them enough to tell them the truth, to ultimately bring them the greatest joy and the greatest happiness. Listen, you want to make a friend? I'll tell you how to make a friend. Pray and then share in the long way, and over a period of time or short, if you only meet them briefly, the love of Christ. And God just may open their heart. 
and God just may save them. And then help disciple them. Make disciples. That's our mission. What are we doing? We're just getting together as a pep talk. If, it, if we, we, we don't do that mission, what are we? Just like Rotary or just like the JCs or the Lions Club or something. Good things. Good things. They do, I guess. I guess they do. But uh, there's a mission field. We, we are a mission field. Do you know that? We love the holy huddle. We come together here. We grow in grace. But we scatter as a church, as a church now. We need to target certain age groups and families, maybe young families, maybe singles. And this area is, uh, as a form of Christianity, I see it in the culture, but I think a lot of it is sh- falls short of saving faith. Maybe it's a generation. They knew the gospel and they've left. And they, these kind of things. So thinking about ways in which we're going to do that in the new year as a church. And uh, you pray for that. We want to do that. We want to really unleash the church. So think about that. Uh, we'll be looking at, a, a collectively, a sermon, a series of sermons on Jonah. And I appreciate Jerry introducing that. Uh, God's laid that on my heart because I think oftentimes we have Jonah hearts. You know? I don't want to do it. God says, I'm going to, you know, go preach. I don't want to do it. I'm leaving town, you know? And we're going to unfold that book. And God has taught me some things that I've been preparing for the series then we're going we're gonna to do a family series and try and, uh, uh, whether, whether singles are married, and then if married with children and grandchildren, how, how do we do that biblically? And, and then uh, to, to love God, to love others. And, and then beyond that, we're going to move into a study I've been waiting for years to do, 1 Corinthians, the dysfunctional church. But if you look at it, we all are dysfunctional, and the culture is dysfunctional. We're going we're gonna to study that and see what God has to say. And that's where we're headed. Philip? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's right. We do things, or we'll say things maybe because we feel better. So, I mean, our, our hearts are so bent. I just hate it. <laughs> we can twist doing good things just so we feel better. Oh, how great is our problem. Oh, boy. That's it. You know, and, uh, and then how about individually, okay? If, we're going, if the second love is to love others, all people, love the saints as a church, of the unsaved, is the church in our area targeting? Uh, how about individually? How do we do that? How do we, how do we love people? Um, our neighbors, ourselves. You, you might say it's the latter six of the commandments, right? We're, we're going to honor father and mother. We're, we're not going to kill people with swords or our tongues. We're good at that with our tongues. You know what? We just hear things and just pass it along. That's sin. You know what? That's sin. In fact, I'm fr- uh, we're going to have a lesson on it. I told Faith this way. We've got to have a reminder of that. We should do that about once a month. No, once a week. I don't know. Just, I mean, the, you say things, you walk with the Lord, and you go like, why did, why did I just say that? You've got to kind of back up. Forgive me for that. Can I re-say it? You know, so we're not going to kill people. We're not going to steal. We're not going to covet. We're not going to bear false witness. 
You know, you know we're not going to lie. Oh, man, these things. Uh, what, if we love our neighbors? The second great love for a new year. Lord, may that be increasingly true with me and with our people. What are some other things we can do? Individually now. Yeah, go ahead, Daddy. Thank you, Dottie. Don't be a self-righteous hypocrite and think of others as uh, needing to be saved just like us, all by grace. There is a level ground there. There really is. There is a level ground. Yes, Vicki? And putting yourself in their shoes. Yeah. Yeah, think about their life and their circumstance and their shoes and and the heartaches and, and, and all the things that have happened in their life. It'll tenderize your hearts. Dave? Yeah, that sounds like the Lord's Prayer, doesn't it? Forgive our debtors, even as we ask the Lord to forgive our debts, our sins. Freely, freely forgive. He's been forgiven much, loves much. Think about all that God has forgiven you. Maybe that's, you've not thought about that, and you don't have the love of Christ that you should. So another one? Yeah, Hans? From an individual standpoint, getting yourself right, before you can actually uh, show God's love to other people, you have to first and foremost be right in uh, your heart with God, but also in your doctrine. Because in order to uh, apply a truth, you have to know the truth properly discern it, and then as a proper extension of that to apply that however the Spirit leads us. And so uh, you're right, Hans. I mean, we have to know God's Word. We have to know it here, and also here, and then in our lives as we live the truth out before others. Yes, honey? Um, going off of what Hans said, too, about having it in your heart and loving the Lord your God with all your heart and soul, it'll come out of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, faith is saying what's on the inside comes out. You fool some of the people some of the time, but not all the people all the time. You ever hear that? And you can sort of, sort of, if you're not from the heart out, and it's a daily thing, it isn't my life, maybe you're different than me. It's like start all over again. First things first, seek the Lord, and it tenderizes my heart so that when life happens every single day, what's on the inside comes out. One, a couple more, hands all over. Aaron? Yeah. Patient, yeah. That's right. Be patient with others. Don't consider yourself in arrogance better than. I'm smart, they're stupid. The, get, get with it, you know? This kind of... Be patient with them. Work with them. Urge them. Encourage them. Pray for them. Other hands, Barbara? I'm sorry? Kindness. Kindness. That's the kindness. That's the fruit of the Spirit in our life. Kindness. Raj? Uh, I've always looked at the the, the biblical phrase of uh, speaking the truth in love 
meaning uh, if you have a message to give to a person because you want to correct something in their life, speaking it in a manner, in a time, and speaking the correct words in so that they are most likely to receive mm. that message. Yeah. You don't just blurt it out in the heat of a yeah. of a debate or something to say, Oh yeah, you're ugly too. How do you say that in a loving way at the loving moment at the right time? <laughs> Talk to me later about that. No, I <laughs> But that's right. You know, the timing's important, our attitude, our tone, all of that. Just say, well, I told them. You did. Now, I, I grew up in that generation. I just told them how I feel. Just let it all hang out. That is, that is, not, that is not good. Jim? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. With our wives, our family, and all others. All others. Traffic, oh, that's a big one. Traffic, John 13, the upper room, the Lord knelt to wipe their feet. That should be an image in your heart and life. I saw a few more hands. Jonathan? I think just living with grace, just being gracious towards everyone. <clears throat> Getting in traffic and uh, not feeling like they cut me off, but rather thinking, man, like I just, how can I love that person, be gracious with them, and just think about what's going on in their life. You've been someone sinned against you. Just be gracious and not make it feel like how dare they do that. But seeing it that a lot of grace has been given to you, and that that follows up with forgiveness. But just being gracious to everyone and living with grace because of the grace that's been given to you. That's right. Living graciously, even in traffic. I, I told you before. I'm the Lord's been working in my heart. I've been trying, not always, but when someone's trying to get in, Carlisle Pike or somewhere else. Let him in, you know, kind of wave to him, you know, kind of let, let him in. You're not getting in, I'm up there, and that's, you know, it's, just, it's a constant reminder to this guy that my schedule isn't all important. We can kind of do that, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm a pastor, my schedule's really important. I'm doing the Lord's work. You're not getting in, I'm a, you know, you can do that. No, go ahead, you know, it, it reminds me, Jen, Dr. Jen, I see you back there. Yeah, yeah. make your words count. You, it, we won't always, and when we don't, ask forgiveness, but follow through. Make your word good. Evangelize. Share the gospel. That's how we love people. There's a, there's a couple of men I've been trying to befriend for the purpose of befriending them. I don't know where God will take it. I have no idea. And uh, there's one man that uh, I don't, I keep wondering if he's going to die. I read the obituaries, wonder if he's going to be in there. And he's a, he's a doctor in the area, retired. I talked a little bit about him, gave him a, a book and wrote a long thing in there. And he told me, I was just so amazed how God worked all that out. And, and he sat there and I talked to him for a while after he told me his son had just died two weeks ago. I, I fell off the seat. And I just thought, Lord, is this an appointment with, with Lenny that, uh, that you would have me see him at his old age come to Christ? I want to be used by you if you want. And uh, I pray that way for him. And, and, and the word of God that would unleash all of us. Sometimes it's easier for you. You know, they say, a lot of times they'll say, well, what do you do? A lot of times I say I'm a pastor, pastor, teacher. That's a lot of times the end of the discussion. 
you know, I'm not like the funeral director, but it's like, <laughs> you, you know, and you, you say, well, I, I'm this, or I'm a mother, or I do high tech, or I do this, or do that, I'm a teacher, right, or I might this. You, all, all kinds of doors open for you. It's easier to befriend and to reach people and, and, and to really love people, friend. They, you know, we sense that, right? Have you ever sensed being manipulated? Don't you hate that? Jonathan was looking for a car in recent weeks going off to Wisconsin here, and we went all over. We went to one car lot, and two guys came out. We felt like we were shut down. They shook us down. Do we have our wallets left? You know, like, they, like, they could really care less about us. They were working us over, you know. People can tell if it's genuine. They can. And pray to God it's that when you're life. Well, we're to be great lovers. It's a new year. Two loves. What's a great commandment? Trying to trick them now. Pick one of those and we'll nail you. The Lord, you cannot trick him. Here it is. Love the Lord with everything that you are. As a church, as an individual, love the Lord. And the second great commandment for a new year, love others. Is that so hard? Love others. Lay your life down. Spill yourself out for them. As a church, for the body of Christ, and for, as a church, for lost people in our area. Learn to think the way they think. Learn to build bridges so you can speak to them. And then as individuals. That's for me. That's what I want us to do in 09. That's what God's burned my heart for, to lead that way. Let's stand and be dismissed.